Greetings, Archons. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where two zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics regarding combat within the Crucible. Stand at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake Sir Alex. and Sir Dan. And welcome to Sanctimonious. That's right, we're back. Better than ever. And hosting a new hosting lineup here. So I am your host, Sir Dan. And with me, I have Lady Aurora. Say hello. Hello. Hello, indeed. So here we are. We are on the cusp of the Glorious U finals. Um, before I start, you just heard that wonderful um come out of my mouth. You'll be hearing a lot of those this episode. So life has gotten a bit hectic for the three hosts. And so right now I am the only one available and Lady Aurora was kind enough to join me today to talk about the Glorious U qualifier that occurred last weekend and kind of do a preview podcast a little bit of what's to come this weekend. Um, so yeah, there's not going to be any editing on this podcast for this week. So I apologize to those that think that we speak perfectly all the time. Typically that's a lot of editing and cutting out some ums and likes and stutters. So get ready for those, but we're going to have a great time talking about what happened. And yeah, just in the matter of time, I'm just going to put this out as quickly as possible. So thank you for joining Lady Aurora. Before we really get started, I want to give a special big hearted thanks to Lady Caffeina she was integral in our setup and preparation and organization the day of just making sure everything ran smoothly she was top notch the entire time leading up to it sir alex did a lot of the community fundraising for it for the prize pool so those of you that are competing for those big prizes and those of you that did your bracket predictions that all came about on account of his hard work um just so yeah thank you to those two like it would not be what it was without them big thanks to blinking line as well the judge with the most he was great the day of just making sure all rules questions were answered enforced all tiebreakers were gone through correctly keeping up with the time yeah it was fantastic so thank you all and there's a lot of other people that did little things here and there um Dave Cordero for his design on the Excel spreadsheet that we did the draft off of. Muffins for creating the original Excel sheet that then got super enhanced by Dave. Just so many people contributed. Everybody that helped the test drafts. Um, it was great. And we had one small hiccup in round one where we tried to do an unlimited time limit in the Crucible TCO. And the zero in there meant that it was a zero minute game. So apologize to anybody that was negatively affected by that. Um, that was definitely not our intention. And yeah, we should have probably ran a test run beforehand as we'd never used the tournament feature as of yet. But unfortunately, we did not. So our first round got a little jacked, but it ran really smooth for the next seven rounds. So thank you to all the players that participated, everybody that um, watched, that streamed, that just had any anything to do with it. It was a fantastic event. And yeah, it was really, really fun to see it come to fruition. As one of the players, uh, thank you for running it. It was it's quite excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you. We, we love to hear that. We got a lot of kind messages afterwards. So thank you very much for all those that expressed kind words to us. It, it meant a lot. There was a lot of work and time that was put into trying to make that day as smooth as possible. And yeah, anytime you try to do something big like that, there's always going to be something that, uh, that doesn't quite go right. But I think we did pretty good overall. 
For sure, for sure. But yeah, with that aside, let us talk about the day one qualifier. So we ended up on an even 100 people participating, which was pretty Uh, cool. Not quite. We had 100 people registered. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) registered. Well, it still ended on an even number though, right? Uh, 92 showed up. 92? Okay. Pretty close to 100. I like it. So we've got the stats here for 101 decks or 100 decks registered. So eight decks probably didn't actually show up on the day. Yeah, they, they show up and, uh, and on the spreadsheet, they show in the rank that I put them all at uh, tied for a hundredth place. So Perfect. Perfect. you can see so them yeah, all, all the people that didn't show up are on the bottom. Yep, and you'll be able to, I will put the link to these spreadsheets that we're going to be talking about that have all this information. I think Lady Aurora, you are the one that created this one that we're going to be doing most of our talking out of. Yep, yep. So thank you for putting this together. It is fantastic. And let's just start in the overall analysis tab. Um, So first off, let's go through these sets. We had, of the 102, we had 21 Call of the Archon decks, 13 Age of Ascension decks, 28 Worlds Collide decks, and 37 Mass Mutation decks. People like the new yeah, I'm kind of surprised Mass Mutation had such a large showing because this was a best of one Archon, no restriction. You could bring whatever you wanted. And we saw 37 Mass Mutation decks. What I mean, I can, I can get the Worlds Collide and I can get the Coda being in the 20, 20 ranges. I almost kind of would, would have thought Call of the Archon would have been a little bit more represented. I don't know. What, what did you think? What did you bring? What what set are you representing in this graph? I bought the Worlds Collide deck. Perfect. With Saurians, right? <laughs> yep, lots of not Saurians. Yeah, so 20, 37 uh, Mass Mutation uh, decks. I am like, yeah. I mean, it, it's an awkward solo number. tournament, and uh, you have a new set, and you have new toys, and you like them, and you like playing them, and you've tested them a bunch uh, recently, and you get you get to play them in a big tournament. That, that's what people bring by decks for, and, so if you have mass protection decks, you want to test them out in a big tournament. Yeah, and I mean, there haven't really been any big in-real-life tournaments, so that makes a lot of sense there for people wanting to actually say, hey, is this really crazy deck that I opened in the newest set really that crazy when it gets out there? Um, yeah, so yeah. 37, that was the biggest one. Um, now to kind of break it down, so like I said, 21 Call the Archons. We had seven Call the Archon decks breakthrough to the top 16 so 33 percent of uh of the decks now 33 sorry conversion it was a 33 percent of those decks made it through yeah. so call the archon still powerful um arguably the most powerful yeah yeah the best conversion rate and i think most a lot of those were kind of still your classic code rush decks that are either going to do it or not going to do it and they're pretty hard to stop so uh, Age of Ascension, 13, we had two get through, so go AOA. I'm super excited that two AOA decks made it through since, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for AOA, and this field was no joke, so the fact that two of them made it through. And I believe they were not Jenka decks. And they were not Jenka decks. I mean, that kind of hurts me a little bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got one of them pulled up. Um, I believe you're going to be following Not Two Nights Run in the finals. And I pulled up her deck because I believe she's using it. 
for the finals as well. And it is, it's amazing. We'll talk about it in a little bit. That'll be one of our preview decks that we'll look at. Uh, yeah. So Worlds Collide, 28 decks, three decks making it through there. And then Mass Mutation of the 37, we had four. So both Worlds Collide and Mass Mutation were converting at 11% clip during the Glorious U qualifier. Um, now things that won't shock you, uh, the house breakdown amongst the decks. 62 decks had logos. That was the top house to show up. And I, it's, it doesn't surprise me. Logos, I think, has been the most consistently powerful house in Keyforge throughout all sets. It also yeah. kind of makes your other your, your other houses work. Like uh, yeah. there aren't a lot of logos lineups that do uh, do win games on their own. Like there are some, but uh, they just kind of make your other two houses work and 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 like be there and do what they need to do. Yeah, for sure. Like they've got a lot of the archiving that allows you to set up your big turns. They've got a lot of the draw effects that can just allow you to plow through your deck faster. So there's just, yeah, there's just a lot of tools to set up your other two houses. Or like there are some decks where the logos just shines and is the main house and can just do a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, so no shocker, that one's number one with sixty-two. Uh, Dis showed up fifty in fifty-seven of the decks. So again, not really a surprise there. This is another one of those consistently powerful throughout. Um, just disruption is really good. Being able to control the board is really good. So many nice destroy effects there. So not not super surprised to see Dis in the number two spot. And everybody's kind of understood that Logos Dis are kind of the two two powerhouses across all sets. Yeah. Uh, coming in third, we have Shadows. Um, shadows at 50 decks so about half the decks were rocking shadows again not super surprising um, the only thing that's kind of surprising is shadows and worlds collide and mass mutation it's not exactly the shadows of coda and age of ascension <laughs> I mean <laughs> on average no but the top decks can be quite quite something yep no they and, still and, you, and you bring the, the top decks to an art on solo event so I, I don't doubt the number of uh, wolf light decks with shadows in them, and the shadows is quite uh, quite formidable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't have any of those worlds collide decks. The one worlds collide deck that I'd say is formidable that has shadows. My game plan is to archive nine or ten of the shadows cards <laughs> if possible, and just same, play Star same. Alliance logo, Star Alliance logos over and over and over. Same again. for mine. <laughs> so I guess it's it's good. It's a good house to sit in the archives. I mean, uh, uh, you you can have some combos. Uh, there's there's Ronnie, there's uh, Hitman. That those two work nicely together. Definitely, yeah, no, definitely. Those there there are some nice little combos, but it's not quite the same because I think we lost too much to protect in World Colli Worlds Collide. No, it was done. It was there. Okay, I don't know. Pretty sure. We lost it in in mass mutations. Mass mutations. Okay, I knew it fell off of one of the sets. But yeah, um, so that shadows untamed was in thirty nine decks. Again, it's kind of the classic Coda rush. I'm guessing most of the Coda decks were probably rocking an untamed suite because untamed Coda was pretty ridiculous. But then again, like there's there's some other good lineups untamed and AOA. I'm sure we're going to see some untamed AOA because AOA actually had some pretty solid untamed. Uh, yeah, one of the top cards that Dex has is untamed. Yep, yep. Um, the, the Penth Seed was still around, and that just makes your deck so much 
more versatile when you're playing with your discard as a, an extension of your hand. I just love decks like that. I sadly sold a double Nepseed Glimmer deck that was actually super fun to play. It wasn't like the best deck ever, but just allowed for so much decision making because yeah, your discard was just an extension of your hand. Like you had access to that thing pretty much constantly as you played that deck. Yeah. Uh, I had after... a Plymouth deck. So then coming up next, we have our first Worlds Collide house. We have Star Alliance coming in with 30. Um, so third of the field with Star Alliance. Well, I mean, uh, if you if you only count the um, the sets where Star Alliance was in, we had a uh, twenty eight and thirty seven. That's uh, sixty five. So almost half of the uh, meta will it was available bought uh, Star Alliance. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that Star Alliance is a is it's another it's God, it's kind of like Logos a little bit, but it almost feels like. It just it gives you so much more versatility throughout your deck. It feels like a lot of the things will allow out of house activations. Um, you still have stealth mode. Stealth mode is such a great card. We didn't. It felt like you didn't see Scrambler Storm that often, but it feels like stealth mode is everywhere. Yeah, stealth mode is uh, common, and uh, uh, Scrambler Storm is uncommon, so that's why. Yep, and that card's real good. Real, real good. And then you've got good board control in Star Alliance with Quintrino, Flux, and Red Alert are super nice cards right now with the kind of board-centric meta that we're kind of evolving into in these new sets. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a way to um, take out your opponent's choice creatures. Uh, so after Star Alliance, we have Saurian, which, again, not really super surprising there. Some of the Saurian Worlds Collide was super, super strong, so not a surprise that we saw quite a few of those. Um, then we come <laughs> uh, to our three bottom dwellers at Sanctum at 21, so still a respectable showing for Sanctum, being that they're in three of the four sets. They're not in Worlds Collide, so they sat one set out and still still had a fairly good representation. <laughs> you have I, I wonder if most of those are in uh, Mass Mutations, because Mass Mutation, uh, so uh, Sanctum has like a little more going for it in terms of uh, top-end decks, uh, like uh, Scribner and Font of the Eye are extremely powerful cards. Definitely, yeah. Font of the Eye is really, really good since it's an Omni and you just have to kill an opponent's creature in the turn, which is something you're typically doing anyways. Um, yeah, the funny thing is, the funny thing is that a pile of skulls is the same, just better. Um, True. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but the pile of skulls was rare, I believe, and font of the eye is like common or uncommon. I'm not sure. Check. Yeah, it's got to be common. I've got a triple font of the eye deck. I don't, can you triple up on commons? Maybe you can. Uh, you can. It's just less, less common. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is a common. Font of the eye is a common. That's why, yeah, that's why it's so powerful because you can get uh, you can get them in a lot of decks. Definitely, yeah, and I guess like you said, file skulls is better because it's unlimited and how many times you can use it. <laughs> you don't actually have to tap it, so there's no way to turn it off. Interesting. Yep. Uh, so then, last but not least, but maybe least, I don't know, is Mars and Brobnar. Mars with ten being in ten decks and Brobnar being in five decks. Okay, so Mars is significantly better represented because uh, only two sets have Mars. 
Uh, so that's 34 uh, decks. 34 decks and 10. So it was like a third of the a third of the decks that showed up from Coda and Age of Ascension had Mars in them. Yeah, while Bob now shows up in three of the sets, and <laughs> that's kind of sad. That is kind of sad. That's let's see here 49, 62, 62 decks, and it showed up five times. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it kind of be interesting. Can we let's see your house combos? Oh, that won't tell me. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of be kind of be figured. Brobnar <laughs> in Age of Ascension was probably the best Brobnar. Like Coda Brobnar was fine. I think Age of Ascension Brobnar was probably the strongest Brobnar with the Ganger Chieftain combo. I think I think one fifth of the Brobnar decks made uh, top cut though. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, our deck spotlight is actually the AOA Brobnar deck because it's just a cool deck. It has a lot of powerful stuff and it um it is one of the lower SAS rated decks that showed up in the tournament. So it just goes to show SAS is in everything. It's it's a number, it's a rating system, but sometimes you got to keep your eyes open for those gems out there. So I think this one qualifies. Yeah, but you you got to you got to know that um, SAS might not um, mean a good a deck is good or bad, but uh, there is a hot, much higher chance for a deck to be good if it's SAS is good. So if people look only at the uh, top SAS decks in their collection, uh, they will be. Will they have to look at less decks to find a good one? Uh, and that's why the average SAS rating in the qualifier is really, really high. It's seventy-seven, and uh, basically people get biased by the SAS in the decks they are looking for. And I think that's a little unfortunate. Definitely. Uh oh. I broke one of the pages. You broke? No, that's fine. I was trying to do a temporary filter on the overall cards to see if we could see what the uh, top represented cards were across the event. Uh, there's a tab for that. There's a tab for that? Yeah, overall cards. Right. I, I tried to do a filter to sort it by number of times. What do you want? Sort of like... Work. I, I can I can solve I can sure. solve it. Just... It's my spreadsheet. Yep. Go for it. I think I already killed my temporary filter. I think set them all to zero for some reason. Okay, so top card in the qualifiers in Furnace with forty five copies. Uh, followed up with the wild wild wormhole at twenty nine. Tau Tau and Daughter both at twenty three. Edai and Ronnie both twenty-two. So Edai is the like the first non-logo after Infernus that shows up. Uh, then we have Igo and Twinbolt at twenty-one. <laughs> so much Lots of logos. Uh, <laughs> you get Dustimp and Niffle Ape at twenty. Niffle Ape is definitely interesting. That's super. Yeah, it's it's got to be those Coda decks rocking the uh, the Niffles. Uh, we have, I don't know. at 18, we have Lights Out, Catfold Research, Mark of This, and Rad Penny. Mark of This is definitely a strong card. Um, but it's interesting that there's 18 Mark of This and there's only 16 Control the Weeks. 
but uh, mathematician because yeah, yeah mathematician had almost forty decks and Coda only had twenty, so yeah. Uh, at seventeen, we have too much to protect and sense of GPLC, yeah? Then at sixteen, we have urchin, informorph, and shulo. Morph is like one of those cards you're super happy to see in your deck, but you're always not like that excited to draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Unless you have a, the dark anvil pulled out. Right, right, right. If you're if you're counting for mutants, then yeah, you you love to see it. Uh, then we have oh, that, well, still at sixteen. There's a bunch of them. There's control the week, stealth mode, regrowth, Bismire. Uh Gateway to this is the first gold clear at sixteen copies. Uh, Book Dawn, Implosion, Information Exchange, and goes down even there. <laughs> I'm not going to go over the entire list, yeah, but if yeah, you yeah. want, you can go over that. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, looking at the qualifiers, uh, the nine uh, Dust Pixies made the top cut out of, of 14 in the, in the entire um, <laughs> qualifier, so that's, that's a very high conversion rate. Dust Pixie, still good. Just watch out for multiple Infernus. How many Infernuses were there? In the top cut? Uh, uh, see. In general. There were 35 in the, uh, in the top cut, there were three. So only 35. Three is made wow. Yeah, 35 entered, only three came out on top. Interesting. Wow. I guess we aren't in the Infernus meta. I guess Infernus is overcomable. I mean, we are in the Infernus meta. They're there. Right, they, right. Just, they just don't win. They just disrupt everybody else from winning. Right. Super interesting. Cool. So, yeah. People can poke around in there, play with that a little bit more. But it's not like too surprising, the overall cards. Like we said, there's so many logos, it wasn't super surprising. It's kind of funny to see Wild Wormhole that high. <laughs> well, I love Wild Wormhole, so I'm I'm not objecting. <laughs> it's just an efficient card to have in your deck, and it sometimes creates situations where you just get what you need, uh, and it it creates efficiency and uh, potential for uh, top decking and potential for good house cheating. It like has a lot going for it, and if your deck is constructed in such a way where you have very low chance or no chance to hold it eating something bad, then Wild Wormhole is amazing. Definitely. So the other interesting thing that I kind of noted, kind of wanted to talk about, so the SAS ratings, like I said, it's a number. It was interesting to see that we had 30, let's see here, 38 decks that hit 80 or above. With our top decks, we had four decks at 88 SAS. That's pretty nutty. Um, but then the really interesting thing is we also had let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight decks um, in the 60 range. So people yeah. bringing out those um, lower SAS decks thinking that they had those gems. And of those, uh, one of those did make the uh, top cuts. So Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That is super awesome. I'm trying to see if there's... Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about our actual qualifiers, our top cut. Let's go to our qualifier top 16. Uh, so number one coming in undefeated was Big Z. He was piloting Galaxy Tycho Manor 
aristocrat. Is that what it is? Something like that. No, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Dislogos Untamed, Coda. This is kind of a known deck in the community. It's um, It's been on Team Sass. It's been in their hands for a while, and it's seen its uh, its heydays at a few different Vault Tours. But yeah, Sass rating of 85, Dislogos Untamed, Coda. Just a super, super efficient deck that does a lot of good things. Yeah, no doubt it's very powerful. That was our only undefeated. We had J Power 84 coming in next with Dislogo Star Alliance from Mass Mutations. Um, I believe it's a Russian deck, so I won't even attempt to say the name of it. <laughs> but it was a Sasa 79. Just looking at the uh, the stats here, it's... Yeah, Mass Mutations isn't quite locked in yet. <laughs> yeah, know. people don't yet know what's, what's really strong in it. Um, fourth place, we had Yukti on Abysmally Beweaponed Serentuya, a Dis Shadows Untamed from Call of the Archons. So again, we're seeing that Dis Logos Untamed, Dis Shadows Untamed. I think, I think that's kind of where everybody settled out. Like, Dis Logos Untamed, Dis Shadows Untamed... Dis logos untamed, like just those those four houses seem to be the best. Okay, so so I, I asked asked Google what the name of the Russian deck is, and it told me it's Sald Nelson Lenyuk. All right, not so sad when it comes in second place. Yeah, not that sad. Uh, we had Iwalda seven. Coming in fifth with Yisabel Center Explorer, a Logosarian Star Alliance Worlds Collide deck. No shock there, Starian and Star Alliance with Logos. Uh, Echo Edo, I think that's maybe right. I'm trying. Uh, Dis Logosarian, Mass Mutation, Alex Shepelev with Dis Logos Untamed from Mass Mutations. And the name uh, is. Translated to aluminum bagel. <laughs> aluminum bagel? Aluminum bagel. Awesome. I'd have that for breakfast. Uh, strong link with the Chinese or Taiwanese deck? I'm not exactly no, sure. No, it's, it's Chinese. It's uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Chinese. And it says, uh, Spire Destroyer Rebecca Nothingness, in quotes. <laughs> Logosarian Untamed from Mass Mutations. That's crazy. That is crazy. Have you seen that deck? I've Have you played against it? I, I played against no. it in the TCO tournament. It's it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it has like a Dark Amber Vault with a library card and a bunch of Infomorphs, and it just draws everything. I'm just really quick aside is there's only four decks that made the top 16 that didn't have logos oh yeah <laughs> logos is the play so if you're looking for that top deck it better have logos <laughs> um slogans came in ninth with the simple prodigal of scroll hill a logo shadows untamed deck from call of the archons uh dave cordero was piloting Hydro Veil, Terminal Fate Breaker, a Logo Star Alliance Untamed deck from Worlds Collide. Scrowner, the Martian of Generosity, uh, was rocking Pawn Uligon Gridina, a Dish Shadows Untamed deck from Call of the Archons. 
Uh, we had Sad Crybear in 12th place with Nazar, the Cynic of Astrology. Dislogo Shadows from Age of Ascension. Woop woop. Um, Coriathon, uh, creator of Sass and DOK. Shrewd Anteater Ice, the Call of the Archons deck with Dislogo Shadows. Like, and Jeffrey PP uh, was on Dandy Powder, the wing leader of culture. It's a Mars Shadows Untamed deck. I got to play some practice games against that deck. Zia had a heyday with it. <laughs> <laughs> Zia, when he when Zia sees Mars in the other deck, Zia gets real happy. Yeah. Although he did he did have a clever mimic read, my hypnotic command. Which is pretty saucy with his four Mars creatures out. It's a pretty cool play. Um, one star peeps. Uh, misspelled collage Dolphry. A Logosarian Star Alliance. And then Not Tonight, who will be our feature deck that we'll do a quick little breakdown of here in a second. The Rector Tolper Bigos. A Brobnar Logos Untamed Age of Ascension. So yeah, that's right. I believe that's a Polish deck. Is a Polish perfect vanilla, vanilla Scout rounding out the 16th spot with Tidecrest of Nurba Balsan, a Dislogo Shadows deck from Call of the Archon. Yes. So, yeah, we had an overall average SAS rating of about 79.9. Some pretty highly rated decks. The top of that was the see here the shrewd anteater ice at 86 sass and the low was not tonight's rector topor bigos yeah i wonder what the average is if i remove not tonight's decks <laughs> uh, it becomes 80. it becomes 80 when you take the 69 out so yeah pretty pretty high ranking so you can say that sass got that right with uh with those ratings a lot of highly rated decks that did well in this tournament um, yeah, you participated. I, I I heard some I heard some chatter that I mean this was kind of worldwide, so it was uniting and competing players that typically don't maybe get that much of a chance to play against each other. What you What do you think of the competition on the day? Oh my god, it's uh, it's fierce. Like competition in online tournaments is insane. Uh, in a volto, like. Unless you get some really bad matchups, you uh, and you're like a top player, then the first round or two or even three are kind of like playing at local chain bounds against people that, you know, come in because it's fun and not because they're like super competitive. But online tournaments, round one, boom. To the face. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's really, it really feels like playing straight into the top cut of a world tour. Yeah, no, it was, it was a fierce field. There's a lot of recognizable names in the 100 people. 96, I think, is the final number we fell on. I think at the end of the day, 96 registered that fulfilled all requirements and played. Um, so yeah, just congrats to everybody that uh, that made top sixteen. Super congrats to the top eighteen. Seventeenth uh, place got a actual FFG stamp deck. One of uh, a internal employees' decks was donated as a surprise. As a prize, and then we also had a gamma stamped deck as well for eighteenth place to soften the blow of missing it by that little. 
Um, yeah. yeah, actually, I I finished I finished uh, two and no, three and five, and I was feeling pretty bad about it. And then I I, I was told that uh, Nathan from TDL had the same score. He's, he also he also finished three and five. And then I was like, I'm in good company. <laughs> I, I I shouldn't feel that bad. This was a really really tough field. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, when it's best of one, I mean, you're just, you're kind of at the hands of your matchup and just the way you draw that game, if you get the card that you need when you need it. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't like to assign it to luck of the draw because I believe that uh, we have a lot of influence on how the cards uh, are used and how they're processed and uh, like two to two hands, into two to two hands, uh, when you play correctly, don't happen that often. Uh, I do think that I had some unfortunate matchups, but I also probably didn't make an optimal uh, meta choice. Like I think uh, the meta that uh, participated in this tournament, uh, I could have predicted it better, and I could have bought a more suitable deck to face what I was facing that day. Definitely. All right. So we've been going on about a lot of stats and numbers here. We've got just one last thing to kind of cover, and that is the finals, which will be occurring this Sunday, October 11th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we had the participants that top aided. We divided them into two pods. Um, we broke it down. I don't have it in front of me, but we broke it down so that the one seed, the highest other seed in their bracket is the four seed. And they got most of the end seeds as well in their pod. They got kind of rewarded for doing well on day one. Um, they got to draft their houses. So Big Z ended up with Logos Mars Shadows. And everybody assumed that we'd be seeing Pink Fraud show up on Sunday. And instead we have Stressix, Mallory, Cavern, Phony, an Age of Ascension deck. So that's super exciting. I mean, it's a Jenga deck. <laughs> even more exciting to me now <laughs> yes double mars first with proliferator yes please arani dust chronicles to put it away eureka double lab work yeah this is it's a fast deck it's a real fast janka deck i like it i like it a lot with a helper bot you can do it on your on your logos turn if you want seems fun <laughs> yeah it's definitely definitely uh deck to watch uh, so Iwaldus ended up on Mars Sanctum Shadows and has the Countess Gazny of Mox Boarding House. Hey, Mox Boarding House, that's near me. Super cool. God, is Iwaldus a local to me and I don't know it? Or did he just buy somebody's Gamma deck? I'm so curious. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was borrowed by the real player one. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Like Max Boarding House is a local game store in the Seattle region, so it's a really really cool one. Uh, but it's a key abduction, hypnotic command, double grabber jammer, coda, fun stuff. Yeah, I like fun this stuff. I find that uh, uh, Mars Sanctum Shadows has some in a, in hidden gems in that deck combination, as well as uh, Mars Disc Shadows. The two house combos that you don't really see often. Uh, but they have some gems. Yep. Echo Ito ended up on Dislogosarians. We're seeing a Mass Mutation deck. 
Uh, some highlights there. We've got a market disc. We've got your furnace, a couple cinders, a grim reminder that fell a lot of a lot of disc creatures. Yeah, triple lithologica, so that discount might get big pretty fast. Yep. Very cool deck. We have slogans on Bronzathon, Spawn of Fateful, and Age of Ascension, Brobnar, Dis Untamed. Not sure if they were angling towards that one or did the fake out <laughs> forced into Brobnar. Uh, we have Double Grump Buggy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they, they, they were not angling for that. I have some uh, insider scoop. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brobnar is one of those when you're drafting. If you haven't drafted before, you've got to really be aware of what houses are about to be um, drafted out. And yeah, some people got burned by that a little bit. Uh, we've got Dave Cordero on Caruso, Chef Destil Boats, uh, the dreaded uh, five at I triple exune deck that um, we're all very, very familiar with, painfully familiar with. Yeah, people uh, bought a lot of deck to, to, to beat it, though. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are teching for it since they knew once he landed on that combo, that was probably what he's going to bring. So a little bit of counterplay, I like it. A Corathon. Ended up on Dis Sarian Star Alliance. So we're going to get to see a Worlds Collide. Caruso. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. I clicked on the wrong one. Excuse me. Deidre. Nathan Seat Viceroy. A 90 rated deck. So high deck so far in the tournament. Got your classic Brockus. Couple E on the fringes. Double Exum to bring back those Brockuses when you need them. Yeah, so I think the choice here is the double E on the fringes, uh, which I think has high potential to kind of destroy uh, Caruso. Because if you touch the Exeums, uh, those Eaters aren't going to come back as fast. Right. And the red alerts are nice to lay the lands to just uh, smoke through the deck really quick. Yeah, this deck is kind of good. Stomp. Yep, no, it's pretty nutty. Double red alert, double lay of the land, double stealth mode. Uh, Jeffrey PP ended on a Dis Sanctum Untamed, so he's going Mass Mutation. So we've got Gaunt Code Shack Quack, <laughs> which is a great name. Uh, we've got an Etan's Jar deck, so hopefully hitting that jar before those Edis start coming down. Uh, yeah, also has a Shock though, so that doesn't really work. Gotcha. That's right. Yeah, it's got everything in that deck. Yeah, solid, solid deck there. And to round out our group one pod, we have Vanilla Scout that ended on Dis Logo Star Alliance. On and also bought two E on the fringes to deal with those exams. Lord of East Vale. Yep, we got some Dr. Millie, a couple Igors to really get through it, a couple Red Alerts, Captain Val to really just up that efficiency rating. No, very cool decks. That's group one. So what's going to happen on Sunday is those eight people are going to play in a double elimination bracket with the winner of that double elimination heading to the finals to face the winner from group two. And that would be Jason J. Power, who is Sanctum Shadows Untamed, Age of Ascension, Flash Power Stair Snake. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, Heart of the Forest deck. I see. Heart of the Forest, Key Charge. 
Sting. Oh, Sting. There it is. I was like, where's the where's the big steel or the big okay. So key charge, heart of the forest, and the pence That's that's what you're watching for there. So basically what you want to do here is have the sting out, uh, let them forge, and then sacrifice the sting. So forge on your next turn and then key charge. Yep, that'd be your two key comeback, yep. Yep, you've got to Four. let them get to two keys first in order for it to work, but yeah. And then you'll have to be on one key. So, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Uh, so we got Yukti with Call of the Archons because of his Dis Logos Mars. Got the Crimson Mathematician of Brahmadarl. Got our classic Battle Fleet Mars deck from the Coda Days with a rise and a ton of Dis creatures. Jumble, Double Ember Imp, Double Shuler, Pit Demon, and the Terror with Hysteria. Yeah, there's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun in this one. Yeah, you have a phase shift into Battle Fleet, which is also oh, always really nice. Yeah, Library, library Access Phase Shift, Battle Fleet. My goodness. Super, super cool deck. <laughs> yeah, I like that one a lot. I like that one real lot. For sale, if anybody wants to buy it. Uh, <laughs> Alex Sheplev ended on Dis Mars Sanctum. So we've got the authentic Spencer Magnus, which is a, a triple control of the week deck with a rise. Uh, we've got some Mars. What do we anything? Double John Smith Grabber Jammers. Fun. Some Deep Probe is really good. Deep Probe is really good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Spirits Way, great board clear. Yeah, solid. Like it. Uh, Grant Titus is on Logostarian Untamed. The same deck from the profile. Oh, nice. So he managed to draft his way into the one that he played on the day of. Very nice. Scrowner is on Brobnar Shadows Untamed and settled on Ball Toronto Boss della Galleria. Yeah, that's my deck. That is your deck. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I got it in a trade. I, I believe this was owned by several people. It's just a, <laughs> not one transform. Um, I didn't make top 16, but my deck did. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, it's a really cool deck with uh, Sting and can uh, potentially forge two keys with uh, Chota and uh, Nature's Gold. And it has a double turn to be for any ghosts your opponent might have. Perfect. Uh, so then we bring up Sad Crybear, who ended on Dis Logo Star Alliance. So that is Livabrand, the Nameless Emptiness Officer. So we've got our Gleeful Mayhem, some Infernus action, a Harbinger. Ooh, Double Stealth. Touch. Double Stealth Mode, Transporter Platform with some Ingrams and some Information Officers, all sorts of fun stuff here. Oh, wow, that, that's, that's a very really nice deck. It's super nice. It's doubles of everything. Like if you like doubles and you like consistency, this is the deck for you. I do like some doubles. Uh, so then we bring up one star peeps with logos Saurian Star Alliance. So going Worlds Collide with misspelled Collage del Free. So sticking with the same deck that got them there. Oh, right. yeah. That's just three of the decks in the pod too. They just drafted for their deck. They played day one and they got yeah. it. <laughs> so not tonight is playing Rector Toper Bigos. 
Um, yeah. We do a little deck spotlight, and I guess we've kind of done many spotlights on everything. But yeah, this one is Double Drummer Knot Ganger Chieftain with a Gauntlet of Command, Coward's End, just all the good Brobnar cards. And in the logos, you have the ZYX suite. You've got Director, Project, ZYX Researcher. You've got a Time Traveler for good stuff, Double Wormhole. Uh, untamed, you've got your Nep Seed, you've got a Dusk Witch, you've got a Taliga. Like, you just, it's it's the tech of all the good cards from AOA. It's <laughs> like, are you a good card? Yes, get in there. Cutthroat yeah. Research used to not be awesome, but now with key increase costs, it's actually way better now. Uh, if, if she gets uh, Dusk Witch to stick, uh, this deck can get to do some crazy stuff. Yeah, I uh, imagine. Yeah, because of the director and everything. With the director, the Don Gangel gets even crazier, and she has she has uh, the regroves in order to uh, and the seed in order to bring bring back combo pieces if she needs it. Needs it. Uh, this is a very nice deck. Um, she used to play this a lot in like um, uh, test fire events and. Uh, Adaptive and uh, all sorts of SAS caps when it was uh, qualified, and like really learned the deck in and out, and that allowed her to realize that this deck is like outcome competitive. Yeah, and like I said, it was a 69 SAS, so it's like one of those gems that you just really have to dig into to realize what, what it is. So, yeah, uh, that's six, that's 69, 69 is still in the, in the range where I still like look at this deck by, and by default think this is probably pretty good. Uh, like anything under that is starting to go into territory of I need to check this if it's good or not, if I want to. If I want to. Interesting to see that this deck has like uh, 1.4 Amber Control and Sasko wants to give us it uh, minus 4 Metascore for Amber Control, which is like... <laughs> Because uh, it's got she, and cutthroat research as the only amber. Yeah, she's amber. not she's not looking to control your amber. She's looking to generate a lot. Definitely. Yep. For sure. All right. I think we spilled on along enough. Um, thank you for joining me. Thank you for creating the spreadsheet that drove most of the conversation. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me uh, for this impromptu uh, session. And, uh, yeah, if you ever need somebody to fill in, you know where to find me. I, I do. Are you still awake? Yes. Yeah. Will you co-host with me? I guess. All right, let's do that. <laughs> I love the extensive conversation. But, yeah, thanks to everybody that participated. Thanks to everybody that's going to participate this weekend. Check out the streams. I do actually have the dad pass this weekend, so I will be streaming uh, that on Sunday, so you can find myself and Blake from Help from Future Self on one of the streams. I think we'll have yourself and TechSlut following Not Tonight's run through the tournament. Yep. And then we have uh, Zach Armstrong and Run, he said, she said, Run, she said, Run. She's going to be, they're going to be in a booth together following a portion of the tra- or the <laughs> the pods. I'm trying to think who else we got. I think we have some of the players that will be actually streaming live as they play too. So uh, one star peeps definitely gonna stream. One star peeps is gonna stream. Uh, Jeffrey will recording be recording his games to be posted later on YouTube. Yeah, that's fine. 
doing his route. So yeah, a lot of these games should show up in the uh, different content realms here in the near future. So yeah, I'm gonna aggregate it onto the Sanctimonious uh, site uh, for uh, later reference, um, whatever I can find. So if you're recording and you're streaming or anything, please uh, send me the archive or the YouTube links or whatever, so I can post it there. Uh, so everybody can watch after the fact, although I'm watch live. Uh, watching games live is awesome. And chat with us. It's fun to chat with the chat. And there should be no delays this time since we are uh, going with hands unrevealed. So everything will be live. So we'll be seeing your chats live as things happen. So yeah, stop by and see us on Sunday and say, hey. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. I'm just going to skip all of our contact info. You know it. Lady Aurora, go ahead and put yours out there and put your podcast, Time Shapers and all that. Give Give those plugs. You earned it. Sure. Um, I have a podcast with uh, uh, Dexlot. Uh, it's uh, just Time Shapers, plural. Find it on your favorite podcasting app. Um, I have Time Shapers blog, which is just timeshapers.com. And uh, you can find me on the Discord as uh, OO or on Twitter as at MaterialPolitics. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on on short notice. Thanks for the conversation. Good luck to all those competing on Sunday. Look forward to watching you play Keyforge, and I'm sure it'll inspire me to play more Keyforge later that day. Uh, yeah, thank you everybody so much. Yeah, I'm pretty hyped. Archons of the Crucible, the glorious you has been trimmed to 16 Archons. Who will reign supreme? Who will be glorious? Tune in Sunday to find out who will forge those keys.